Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's Believe in Tiger Woods on the Believe Podcast Network. And now, here's your host, Cam Rogers. And here we go. The Tiger Woods Podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. I am Cam Rogers. Welcome into episode lucky number 13, a baker's dozen, ladies and gentlemen, here on the only podcast, the only show for that matter, completely dedicated to the GOAT of the PGA Tour. Hit me up on social media. On Twitter, at Mr. Rogers 99 and on the gram, at Mr. Rogers 98 Speaking of a baker's dozen, quick tangent that brings me back to my time as a play-by-play broadcaster for the University of Maryland baseball team. And one of the starting pitchers for Maryland got his 13th strikeout in a game, and I just go... Get that man some cupcakes. That's a baker's dozen, ladies and gentlemen. And it was so loud, and there weren't that many people there that it kind of echoed in the stadium. It was somewhat embarrassing, but not one of the last times I will embarrass myself publicly that I can tell you. In fact, I'm sure I have done it many times on this very show. Folks, this is a Pro 19 Majors podcast. You know this by this point, and I am throwing in a new wrinkle with the show. I want you guys to send in your listener questions, all right? So I will dedicate some time going forward here on every episode to answer your inquiries about the Tiger Woods PGA Tour season. It can be Tiger-centric. It can be golf-centric. Literally can be anything you want. Dating advice may not be the best person for that, but still, be sure to hit me up with your thoughts. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on email. Cam at Believe.com. Get me however you want, and I will be sure to respond. We are kind of in a tiger lull right now, if you will. We have the Rocket Mortgage Classic this week in Detroit. Then it's the 3M Open, and then you have the John Deere Classic and blah, 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 a.k.a. tournaments Tiger Woods will not be playing in. So these shows may be a little bit shorter than normal, but we will talk about the Open Championship a little bit today, especially with my very special guest, Bridget Whalen, coming back on because the people asked for it, and I'm like, you know what? I am a people pleaser. Bridget, would you come on? She said yes. And we'll get to that interview later in the program. So definitely get those listener questions in. Certainly appreciate all of that. We're going to talk a little bit about Tiger Woods and how he spends his $800 million worth of cash. That's his net worth, ladies and gentlemen. Business Insider released a really interesting, I guess you could say, study analysis of how Tiger Woods uses all of his money it's really interesting i'll talk a little bit about that later in the program so yes we won't see tiger until the open championship at royal port rush and then it becomes a major question will tiger woods play at the wgc fedex st jude invitational the week after 
Now, that tournament used to be at Firestone, no longer. That's at TPC Southwind now. So I will ask Bridget Whalen about that tournament as well and her thoughts. By the way, be sure to leave a review on the show. Five stars, preferably. Maybe something written down as well. I certainly appreciate everybody's feedback and certainly appreciate all of the radio stations out there that have me on their programs to break down whatever PGA Tour tournament is going on. I'll be making my rounds for the Open Championship in a few weeks, so I will have more details on that All right, so let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen, talking about the listener question segment here. So we have Myron from Dallas, which is a town that I lived in for a year. I kind of want to know where you live, Myron, in Dallas, because I was right around SMU, all that area, so not too far from downtown. So here's Myron, quote, I feel that Tiger has the swing and game to win regularly again. Do you feel that tournament reps are the only thing holding him back? I feel he needs to play in slightly more tournaments to maintain the consistency. Other than the Masters, he can only sustain his flow for nine holes at a time, and then errors happen, often time unforced. What do you think, Cam? All right, so let's look back here and just analyze Tiger's schedule to this point. So really, it started in January at the Farmers Insurance Open out there in Torrey Pines. Tiger finished tied for 20th. Then the next tournament was the Genesis Open, February 17th, which is in combination with his foundation. So he will always play that tournament as long as that partnership is going on. T15 free finish at that event fast forward a week the wgc mexico tiger woods finished tied for 10th so that was february 24th then you go ahead to march 17th the players championship where tiger finished tied for 30th march 31st wgc match play tied for fifth april 14th the masters need i say more then you have this gap here Basically a month. May 19th, the PGA Championship, we know what happened there. Tiger Woods missed the cut. And I will just put a footnote there that Tiger Woods did not practice on that Wednesday because he fell ill. All right, so there's a little bit of an asterisk there. Okay, May 19th, you have the PGA Championship. Fast forward to June 2nd, the Memorial Tournament, Jack Nicklaus's event. Tiger finished tied for ninth. June 16th, the U.S. Open tied for 21st. So if you look at this schedule to this point, obviously the big gap is between the Masters and the PGA Championship. That gap is going to be a similar distance as with the U.S. Open and the British Open because the U.S. Open started June 16th, the Open Championship at Port Rush is July 18th. So, you have a similar gap between the Masters and the PGA Championship as with the U.S. Open and the Open Championship. What happened after the Masters and that big gap? He missed the cut at the PGA Championship. What are people going to think after the U.S. Open layoff? Maybe a missed cut at the Open Championship. That would be the general logic you would think, right? So, 
one may say that Tiger Woods should avoid another potential missed cut by playing, say, the 3M Open or the John Deere Classic. And by the way, Myron, I know this is a very long-winded answer, but I want to really just nail this down for you and give you some perspective and everybody else some perspective on this. For the most part, I am of the camp that Tiger should take all the precautions needed to be 100% ready for a major championship. That is the goal. That is Tiger's goal. That is my goal in mind as well. I don't give a crap if Tiger Woods plays the John Deere Classic. I mean, I care a little bit because I want to see Tiger Woods on the golf course as much as possible, but that's from a selfish, individualistic perspective, aka my own. From a health standpoint, from a Tiger Woods well-being standpoint, I don't want him playing all that much. Having won 81 PGA Tour events and counting, I don't think the quote-unquote get tournament reps really applies to Tiger at this juncture. Definitely not as much as other PGA Tour golfers out there. That said, Myron, I think he most certainly should be practicing. And he knows that. Whether it's playing medalist his own golf course or visiting Port Rush ahead of time to get his bearings down, which I expect him to do within the next couple of weeks. Nobody knows Tiger's body better than Tiger. And if he needs the rest, he needs the rest. I've said this multiple times, not only on this program, but many other shows out there, that back injuries can be so fickle. And I'm not saying that Tiger Woods is hurt, but even when you are fully recovered from a back surgery, and in Tiger's case, multiple back surgeries, you just don't know what can happen, especially when you're a golfer and literally the golf swing is not a normal human motion Our bodies were not designed to swing a golf club, but we do it anyway, and, you know, we stretch, we prepare, we do all this stuff to make sure it's okay on our bodies. So for Tiger Woods, I would honestly think that he believes he will be 100% ready for the Open Championship by not playing between the U.S. Open and the British. And honestly, I think he'd scoff at the idea of playing the 3M Open in Minnesota, the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit, the John Deere. He has zero incentive to play any of those tournaments. Number one, because he's got a gajillion PGA Tour wins. He already knows how that feels. Number two, it's not a major championship like the 3M is definitely not. Rocket Mortgage, definitely not. The John Deere, certainly not. And he wants to spend time with his kids more, right? The kids are older. He wants to grow up with them. He wants to be there for them as they go through grade school and all that jazz. So there are many different factors at play here in terms of why Tiger is not going to be playing as much going forward. It's not just in 2019, guys. This is going to be Tiger's M.O. the rest of his career. And honestly, the fact that we have seen him at the Farmers and the WGC Mexico, for example, is pretty interesting because he doesn't really need to play the WGCs either. 
I guess in terms of FedEx Cup playoff points, it's nice because the winner gets 550 points rather than the typical 500 at a normal PGA Tour event. But all that said, I think Tiger Woods is doing the right thing, taking care of his back, taking care of his body, making sure he is 100% ready to rock for Portrush. And I think the Open Championship is going to be a tournament that Tiger wins. I've been saying it on the show for many weeks now. I think the course is set up really well for Tiger. And honestly, not just the course, the tournament in general. I think he will continue to contend at British Open events going forward. Same can be said for the Masters. Maybe not the U.S. Open and maybe not the PGA Championship, but definitely Augusta and the British Open. So there you go, folks. Be sure to send in your listener questions, and I will answer them on this very program. All right, let's talk about Tiger's net worth because he has made more money than any other golfer ever. $800 million. Now, Business Insider broke down the cash flow and expenditures for Tiger, and I thought you guys would find this pretty dang interesting because you can kind of, I guess, fantasize if you were rich like Tiger Woods, and I was kind of living vicariously as I was reading this and watching the video from Business Insider about maybe living the life of Tiger Woods one day. So here we go. Here are just a few of Woods' biggest paydays on and off the course. So Tiger leads his sport in career prize winnings with an estimated total of $122.5 million. The guys right around him, well, really not right around him, but after him, Justin Rose, Phil Mickelson, Vijay Singh, Jim Furyk, these guys are well behind. The 2019 Tour Championship earned Tiger a $4.6 million payday, a deal to play exclusively with Bridgestone golf balls, is estimated to be between $1 and $2 million a year. Woods reportedly cashes checks from Monster Beverages worth an estimated $2 million a year. His past club deal with Nike was worth an estimated $11 million per year. And his current contract with TaylorMade is unknown, I will say. But you would assume it's at least... $11 million per year, if not more. And, of course, Tiger still has his most loyal sponsor, Nike. That apparel deal is worth an estimated $20 million per year. So how does he spend it all? All right, so we have the 155-foot yacht named Privacy for $20 million, which he purchased in 2004. He owns a Gulfstream G550 private jet, which is worth about $54 million. He lives in a $55 million mansion in Jupiter, Florida, a 10-acre estate that features a pitch-and-putt course and a private dock. But of course, he is human, folks. He admitted to playing Call of Duty eight hours a day following back surgery that was back in 2016 when he was on with Stephen Colbert so Tiger Woods you could make the argument has more money than what he knows to do with but 
there's a little insight into how he spends it, how he makes his money, and it's kind of a lesson too. If Tiger Woods does not win another golf tournament the rest of his life, he is going to be very fine in terms of cash flow year per year per year solely because of these endorsements. He could do more. He could do commercials. He could be Peyton Manning. He could be Phil Mickelson and really put himself out there, but he does not need to do that. So obviously you don't see him on many commercials. You've seen him with Bridgestone, for example, and Nike a little bit. But yeah, I mean, it's really interesting to see all of the money that just comes into Tiger Woods' life. And of course, all of this money has allowed him to do other things. He has the course designing business. He has his restaurant, The Woods in Jupiter, Florida, which I really need to try at some point. If anybody has tried The Woods, let me know because I'm really curious about how the food is there. So there you go. I'm going to ask Bridget Whalen about this as well. What would she do with $800 million of net worth? That's a big question that we'll talk about. Only the hard-hitting questions here on the Tiger Woods Podcast with Cam Rogers. So speaking of Bridget Whalen, we will get to her interview right now. You all were asking to have her on, and I had to comply. And myself actually was having some separation anxiety. So Bridget, welcome. Very kind words. Thank you. Glad to be back. (laughs) How's Orlando, by the way? I was actually watching the weather this morning here in D.C., and they were actually showing the map of Florida. And they're like, yeah, don't even go outside in Florida if you happen to be there. It's so bad. It's remarkably hot. Like, you feel like you're entering an oven the moment you step outside. Is it, like, the kind of hot where if you walk outside, it, like, hits you in the face kind of thing? Definitely hits you in the face, but I'm from the Northeast, and it's not that, like, wet, soupy hot. Right. It's almost like you feel like your skin is cracking hot, which is kind of foreign to me. Uh, I grew up in Connecticut, and that is just, like, a humid swamp-type heat, but I became used to, more, like, accustomed to it. The heat here is just unprecedented for me. It's, uh, it's remarkable. Literally outrageous heat right now. All right, so on that painful note, let's talk about a little Tiger Woods, huh? <laughs> yeah, let's go sure. back because we have also cha- hot. He's very it, hot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially <laughs> when he wears the red. So for Tiger here, Bridget, I want to go back to the PGA Championship and Pebble to get your thoughts because we haven't talked since mm-hmm. then. Of course, we have the missed cut at Beth Page, and then yep. solid-ish top 25 finish at Pebble Beach and the U.S. Open. What were your main takeaways from those two major performances? I wasn't surprised he missed the cut at best page. Um, When we spoke last time, I I had expressed that I I thought he was going to have a little trouble. If he didn't hit in the fairway, he was sort of going to be out of luck. And I I just – I wasn't surprised at all. I actually think more people – weren't as surprised as maybe a a lot of the media hyped it up to be. I think a lot of people understood that, yeah, that course probably wasn't going to suit him. The Tiger of 2019. Right. Then again, of course, yes, he's dominated that course before, but just him right now, I I wasn't surprised. Uh, That performance is kind of everything I expected. Pebble Beach, um, I also told you I did not expect him to win there. I know he was a favorite of many. I just – I 
I don't see, I just didn't see it suiting his game that well right now, obviously. Um, I thought that on Saturday, I was, I don't know if I was surprised he made the cut. I'm not going to say I was surprised, but um, I, I didn't know I, if he had made it or not. I don't know if I would have been surprised either way. So that wasn't um, a shocker to me at all. But on Saturday, when I did see the KT tape on his neck, I got a mm. little nervous. And I am an alarmist with Tiger, not like in all things. Um, so I, that was a little spark of concern for me. I know he said he was totally healthy. But then I don't know. I felt like every time in between shots, he seemed like he was kind of favoring his back a little bit. I don't know. If, things just didn't seem totally like they were lining up. And then on Sunday, we didn't really see a lot of him. But um, that is his Sunday performance is like Tiger, who Tiger is. Horrible on the front. Anyone else would have gone totally downhill from there. And then he turns it around and sort of fires away on that back nine, which – Pebble is known the the front nine is the easier of the course. So you have to get in on those holes. You have to make birdies on those holes. And he didn't. So I was really surprised that he, what did he shoot? Did he shoot 69? I think he, sh- he was two under, right? It was so, a yeah. couple so under, to, yeah. Yeah, so to, to get around him like that, that was awesome. And then I was really surprised. I thought happily surprised because we didn't see a lot of Tiger on Sunday. But they did show the birdie on the last, which was cool. And I always love when he makes a birdie on the last. You get that big smile. He has, like, one of my favorite smiles. So, I don't know. Overall, those last two majors, I wasn't – that's kind of what I expected out of him for both, to be honest. Let me ask you a philosophical question here, and it's one theory of mine. Tiger Woods may not be a consistent contender in future U.S. Opens and PGA Championships just because of how he plays the game and his age, but yet I think he can be, obviously, a consistent contender at the Masters and the Open Championship. Would you agree with that sentiment? Yeah, I think so. Um, he, I think Tiger is outstanding on length courses because he has the imagination that he has an unmatched imagination, in my opinion, in golf. And the Masters, obviously, it's that he knows that course better than anyone. I think that no one would dispute that. So yeah, I think he will always be a contender at the Masters because he is the king of damage control. Where a lot of those guys, they freak out. He doesn't freak out. But yeah, the PGA, the US Open, yeah, I would agree with that. Those are two, they're like wild cards. Right. And they're 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 like big guy wild cards. So he he's not so much up there anymore, which is hard to say. I know. Brings a tear to your eye, doesn't it? It's brutal. But it's just I'm I'm such a I'm a it's chronophobia. I definitely have it and I hate the passing of time and and he said recently, you know, I'm going to have 10 more years left in me to like, and that's 40 majors. And everyone was like, oh my gosh, we're going to get 10 more years. And me, I'm like, 10 more years, that's it. <laughs> the tiger alarmist in you is freaking out right now. Freaking out. <laughs> By the way, that should go in your Twitter slash Instagram bio, tiger alarmist. <laughs> Throw it on With your an resume. alarm emoji. <laughs> Put it on LinkedIn. I'll endorse you for that. There you go. I do want to talk about the U.S. Open broadcast as well. Fox Mm. Sports doing it. Joe Buck, who is getting a lot better since 2015 at Chambers Bay. I mean, obviously, it was his first time doing golf back then when Jordan Spieth won. And now he has a few years under his 
Belt. You have Paul Azinger and a really good cast. Brad Faxon, Shane Bacon's pretty cool. What would you think of the broadcast in general, the commentators, the experience? I thought the audio quality was really good. The audio was bar none. It was insane. And I've worked in production and I said it numerous times on Twitter, Instagram, a lot of social media outlets, the slow-mo B-roll, I'm going to geek out on you right now. The slow-mo B-roll was impeccable. I've never seen slow-mo like that. Like it's so bizarre to have been on the other side and know like what a wealth of footage that they had this week it was remarkable that b-roll was delicious the drone shots were amazing the key about being abroad like fox what they have to do pebble beach is such a beautiful iconic place and you want to make the viewers at home feel like you're there those drone shots when dj was searching for his ball i think it was on friday that drone shot of everyone looking for the ball on the cliff. It was amazing. You felt like you were there. It was, it was really some of the coolest video I've seen in a really long time in golf. I like Fox. I think they, every year they try to do something different. Like they had that spot shadow on the holes one year. Like maybe they don't bring it back all the time, but they've done a lot of cool new things. I I love the shot tracers that they had. I think they're really trying to push the envelope a little bit, which golf as a whole doesn't do so much of um as for joe buck i'm gonna maybe surprise some people i Uh like him i he's not yeah he's not you know it's not the dallas cowboys he's not not sunday night football but so what like when brooks and jenna sims kissed on sunday pre-brooks's round and he was like we have the kiss everyone who else would say that no one jim nance isn't gonna say that So Joe Buck does bring that kind of nouveau element, which I am all about. I think that golf as a whole, they need to try to adopt more viewers. And how are you going to do that? You have to bring more people into the game. You just have to. And that's how you get more viewers. Yeah, he's never going to be Johnny Miller. But does Joe Buck want to be Johnny Miller? Probably not. I love Shane Bacon. I think I would watch Shane Bacon every week if I could I know the um the men's senior open is on right now and he's on and I'm not watching it I should be but I I love him I think he does a great job he also is really good at golf which a lot of people don't know which I think is super cool like he almost played this U.S. Open like that was in talks if he was going to qualify producers were made aware that like hey maybe the USGA could let him go out early so we could get the most time that we can with him in the booth after his round. Like, how crazy is that? That's insane. There's no one else. It's insane. And that the producers were anticipating, like, hey, Shane may play this week. Like, what? That's wild. And that's so cool. So I I love Fox. Just going to say it. I love it. I think they're doing a lot of new things, which a lot of people in golf probably don't like. I think golf.com had a really good article about how, like, Fox Sports has become kind of the best TV broadcasting golf, and they gave a lot of good bullet points, which I kind of agree with. So I'm going to stand with golf.com here and say Fox is really good. There you go. Hey, they are new to the fold here in terms of golf broadcasting. And I think that's a good thing because they bring 
refreshing stuff. So it is pretty cool to see. And of course, they will be doing all of the USGA events there. So we'll see what happens going forward with those broadcasts. I do want to take a somewhat dark turn because I do want to see your thoughts on this. I guess it's kind of bright now because Tiger Woods was removed from that wrongful death lawsuit stemming from his restaurant. I literally know nothing about this because I choose to know nothing about this. And also because I'm just not smart enough to really understand the legal implications with all of this stuff. But I will toss it to you if you happen to know anything about it or have any thoughts whatsoever. You can just say no, Cam, move on. I I mean, I'll say something. I don't know a lot about the case. I, I, I've read a lot, but I, I don't think that they've released a lot about it. I don't think that they really can. Um, I, I do think that his name was brought into the mix just because he's a big name, and I, I do think everyone thought he was going to be cleared, so that's great. He doesn't even – I don't even think he's the owner of that restaurant. I think he's just – like a maybe like a, a part owner an investor so I don't even think it's his I know it has his name on it but I I think that everyone sort of assumed that he would his name would be cleared looking ahead here for Tiger Woods Bridget like I said off air we are kind of in a lull right now safe to say there's going to be a big gap between the U.S. Open and the Open Championship and I talked about this earlier in my show similar to the gap between the Masters and the PGA Championship. Are you concerned of the Tiger layoff at all? Because you have the Rocket Mortgage Classic this week. I did not think you would play that. The 3M Open, no. The John Deere Classic, are you freaking kidding me? So, I mean, really nothing logical that he would play in. Are you okay with him taking some time off? Because I am. Yeah, I'm okay with him taking some time off. Uh, I, I didn't anticipate him playing any of those events. Is he okay with taking some time off? I don't know. That's the other question. I think he he likes to – well, maybe not. See, I don't really know. I don't know how his process progresses now. I don't know if he likes to have, like, one one more competitive round maybe in between, or I don't know if the the rest is good because – at Pebble Beach there were a lot of issues with his back because of the weather and it was chilly and like he has so many now variables that I don't really know what goes into how his mental game and his physical game line up but I'm fine with him taking off it's fourth of July I mean this is sort of like a a little bit of low for golf anyway I know there's still events but I was looking at the field for the Rocket Mortgage Classic, and I was just like, oh, these poor people, because it's the first event in Detroit. And it's like Dustin Johnson, Brant Snedeker, Ricky Fowler, and then an absolute cliff. And then it's just like everybody else. But, you know, it is what it is. And then you have the the 3M Open next week, which is new, and that'll be interesting to see what happens there. And then – John Deere. Then you have the Open Championship at Portrush, a tournament I think Tiger Woods will win. And I think he takes <laughs> two majors this year. Believe it, baby. Am I insane or do I have something here? No, I think I said on the last podcast that he was my call for Portrush. I may be changing my tune. Oh, um, no. I think he'll play well. <laughs> I do. I think he will play well. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go top 10. I'll give him a top 10. I'll give Rory a top 10. Um, I'm going with Tommy Fleetwood. Fairway Jesus is my pick for Royal Port Rush. With those locks flowing in the air in Northern Ireland. Lots of lettuce. Lots of of vegetation up there. (laughs) 
So I do want to ask you about this tournament here. The week after the Open is the WGC FedEx St. Mm. Invitational. Now, here's what's interesting. It's not at Firestone. It's in Memphis. The Southwind. What do you think about Tiger? Because I am saying he skips this event. I don't know. Because Memphis, at that time of year, is sweltering. And yeah. I really think Tiger likes that. I think he likes it. What When he won at Belle Reve, it was like, it was in the 100s. It was crazy. And he, he loved it back then. And now he likes it even more. I, I really don't know. I'm going to say he plays. I'm going to go with he plays it. All right. So we'll see what happens. Now, definitely I do, complicated. We should, put, but. we should put some sort of bet on that, by the way. I don't know what it would be. But I actually I don't okay. really feel great about my prediction anyway. So maybe we shouldn't put a bet on it. But I do want to ask you about the net worth here of Tiger Woods. I talked about it earlier in the show, 800 million strong, easily farther than anybody else in the game of golf. And Business Insider had a really interesting breakdown of how Tiger Woods makes his money. And not surprisingly, it's mostly from endorsements. And you see the 155-foot yacht, you have the private jet, you have the $55 million mansion in Jupiter, Florida, and his pitch and putt course and a private dock and all that jazz. So, A, none of this is surprising. B, I want to ask you, what would you, Bridget, do with $800 million of net worth? These are the hard-hitting questions I need to know. As I'm sitting in a tiny apartment in Orlando, Florida, <laughs> what would I do with 800? I would travel a lot for sure. Um, I've, I've traveled a bit, um, but not enough. I, I would love to be traveling overseas at least once or twice a year. And if I had 800 million, I'd probably do like once or twice a month. Right. I, I think Tiger donates a lot, right? He has to. That's, he has I don't know if that was. Yeah. Okay. So I would probably donate. I mean, what can you do with 800 million that you can't do with 500 million? You know, I kind of come from that sort of standpoint. So I'll probably donate a lot. Um, I don't maybe buy my parents. I owe my parents a lot of money. So I'll probably pay my parents back, build them a house. Maybe. I don't know. I'm kind of boring. I wouldn't do anything like fly to the moon or I wouldn't do anything like grandiose like that. You're not doing like like a Project X banger or no grand party? I'm not really a party girl. So no, I think I would just travel. Like I really would just go to, like I have a list of places that I really want to go. Like I definitely want to go to Machu Picchu. I want to go to the Great Wall of China for sure. I'm Austrian and I've never been to Austria. So I would love to go see where my grandmother grew up, like the town she grew up in. I think that would be super cool. I've never been to Spain. I've always wanted to go to Spain. I'm also super Irish. My name is Bridget Whalen. I've never been to Ireland, so I would love to go there. Um, I went to Egypt last year, and that was wild, and it made me just want to explore all of Africa, really. So I would love to hit a bunch of places in Africa. Definitely want to go to Singapore. Do you see my conundrum here? I want to wow, go to New Zealand. Is, yeah, this I, got, is I got a lot of places. This yeah, is, a lot of places. This is something. <laughs> now, did you study abroad when you were in college? I didn't. I did not study abroad. But so I was one of those kids who went to Europe super, super young. Um, I took a private Berlitz French tutoring class with one of my best friends growing up, Ryan Nolan, not named after the baseball player. Sure. Um, and when we were, I think we were like nine or 10, her family 
took us to France on a vacation. So like I went to Europe when I wasn't even in the double digits yet and I got exposed to that culture. And then I subsequently went back a couple of times um, in high school. I went back again. And then the most recent trip I made, I went to Egypt last year. I hadn't traveled overseas in like a good five years. And now I got the bug again. I want to go. Austrian, Irish, you're all over the map here. Italian, yeah, I got a lot in there. Wow. I'm a, little, right. I'm a mutt. <laughs> yeah, you're a mixed breed, if you will. <laughs> I'm mixed short. <laughs> so interesting, an article came out this morning that screamed Bridget Whalen as you are a key content creator in the media mm-hmm. space. Golf Digest released power rankings of PGA Tour players and their hashtag content creation. And I want to read off their top five and get your reactions here. So they put, I'm going to count you down. Number five, Rory McIlroy. Number four, Eddie Pepperell. All right. Number three, Bryson DeChambeau at three. Eldrick at number two. And guess what? Phil at number one. What are your thoughts on that? I'm good with Phil at one. He he is. He, I hope he never stops. What, whatever he's doing, he should just keep doing it. It's I great. love his, his, his tips, his Tuesday tips. I, I love it all because he's so self-deprecating. Tiger Woods, I, I guess his content is great because it's, it has Tiger in it. So when he does those little videos of him at clinics, yeah, I guess those, those get a lot of hits. Bryson's a little surprising. Yeah. I don't, I don't, know, how, I don't know how much Bryson – content I could rattle off I know like scratch does a lot of cool stuff like on Bryson that I've seen them release but that's not him doing it that's them I mean he's in it so Bryson's a little weird Eddie Pepperell is so I love two people on Twitter Max Homa and Eddie Pepperell love is a strong word that's why I said that those two guys they are like in their Twitter content is bar none it's just it's totally just out. It's, it's definitely not censored. You don't know what you're going to get. A it's little X-rated, always, if you will. I guess you could say X-rated. I guess you could just say it's not golf-rated. It's okay, sort of like, fair. yeah, yeah. it's like a little off the cusp of like what you would anticipate coming out of those guys, which, again, we don't really know these guys. We think we do, but we don't. They're both really smart dudes. I really enjoy Max Homa tweets and Eddie Pepperell tweets, which I think sometimes I just go on Twitter to see what they're tweeting. Um, Rory? Uh, I don't know. That's a tough one, isn't it? I don't really know. I mean, I can't think of any content that comes from him. I think a lot of the tour pros, I don't know if they're super invested in having like social rebranding happen. But I think a lot of them would benefit from it because a lot of people like to root for someone that they could sort of empathize with on some sort of scale. Obviously, you can't really empathize with those guys. But if you could have a common bond and the only way to get that is from personal experience. And a lot of those guys, I think that they're maybe not in the position to create that type of content I don't know if they know sort of what the public wants or if they have sort of the time or or the want to really do that kind of stuff but I think going forward the sport as a whole is going to become a lot more socially driven I think a lot more 
social outlets are sort of going to take the lead in a lot of the coverage. And I think it's just sort of going to become sort of a social entity moving forward. And I think a lot of those guys would benefit from it. Like Max Homa, when he won this year, it felt like my friend won because I feel yeah. like I know the guy. It was like I was rooting for someone that I grew up with, which I, I've never talked to the, the kid once. And I had this sort of like weird investment on him winning. And like 90% of the golf world was like, who is this? Like, th- who's this Max Homa guy? And then he blew up after he won. And it's, I was almost like, eh, no, everyone's going to be a fan of my friend. Well, now <laughs> that you jealous, but. now that you professed your love for him, he may slide into the old DM. So get ready for that. I think he's planning a wedding. So. <laughs> oh, really? Uh-oh. Is he engaged? Yeah. Okay. I believe so, because I believe after he won, he was like, now I have the money to like give my, my fiance the wedding of her dream. So, so no DM sliding All right, there. so no sliding there. <laughs> I will give you a bonus no name. Sliding. Yeah, bonus name here on the rankings, Bubba Watson at number six. Now, let me say my piece because I hate this guy. The crier himself, the complainer to the caddy himself, the button-up-the-shirt-all-the-way geeky look. Why is this guy at number six? I'm sorry, he's just not a nice guy. Do you like Bubba? I kind of do. I don't know. Again, I know. It's just I can't not really not I can't not like anyone because I don't really know these guys. I have buttoned my shirt all the way up. I am a female, but I have done it. We share the same initials, which I kind of cotton to, even though Bubba's not his real name. I think his name's Jerry with a G. Yeah, it's like Gerald. I I definitely shouldn't know that, but I do. I don't know. He's like a 40-year-old dad. He's fun. He has a candy store. He actually really had a funny video of his son hit Brant Snedeker in, um, you know, the man region when they were playing baseball at the Travelers this past week. And that, that was, that was pretty funny that, I don't know. I think Bubba, I think we make him out to be a bad guy. I'm not going to say he's like my favorite player, but eh, I like him. The, The pink clubs. He doesn't play the pink ball anymore, but the pink ball ones, I don't know. He's a, he's a strange dude. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, we can go with that. You know what? I won't be as cynical. <laughs> I'm going to take your advice here and assume that I don't know Bubba Watson. By the way, your guy, Max Homa, at number 10. That's disrespectful. Behind Henrik Stenson. Uh, oh, geez. Stenny. I, wow. I don't even, I can't even tell you something that I remember Stenson content creation wise. I'm going to have to give you I this don't... link. At some point. Yeah, I don't I don't know where like maybe I don't know, maybe I have to do my homework. I do favor a few guys. Like I love Ricky Fowler. Anything he puts out, I'm like, oh, retweet, repost. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. But that's just because I like the guy. I don't know if it's really like that great. So no no. I think Bubba's also is Bubba at Rocket Mortgage this week. <laughs> I feel he, like he is, is actually, believe it yeah. or not. <laughs> so, so. so you left him off your notables list. <laughs> Yeah. And that was on purpose. We'll we'll, we'll add them on. (laughs) We'll toss them onto the old list. All right, folks. Well, (laughs) if I wrote this article, I'd put Bridget Whalen at the top in terms of content creation. Always a good time on the podcast, Bridget. Have a great rest of your week. Enjoy your July 4th and touch base soon, huh? You too. Thanks for having me. Super fun.
Big shout out once again to Bridget Whalen for jumping on the Tiger Woods podcast. Once again, folks, remember to subscribe to the show. Tell your fellow Tiger Nation members, tell your friends, your family, your co-workers, get on board with the only podcast dedicated to the GOAT of the PGA Tour. I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.